0: Some Realize there is no way You have tuned into breaking the mask of depression with your host, diva with depression. I hope you are finding a little peace in every day, and I hope that you are taking care of yourselves, most importantly. Today, we are going to talk about something that has been haunting me since the beginning of my time, but intensely since I have had my experience with serious depression. Guess what? I can't fucking sleep, y'all. I just can't. (laughs) You know, it started out when I was younger that, you know, I wouldn't sleep. And everybody said, oh, well, you know, when you come home and you go take a nap, then it's hard for you to sleep at night. Okay. So then we try not taking a nap. You know, I had extracurricular activities some days and still the same thing. I just could not sleep. I could not sleep for a full eight hours. So this went on and on and on and on, but you know, when you're young, what, 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 you, what is sleep? You know, <laughs> it's not until you get older that you're like, "Look, I'm old. I need to take a nap. I need to get myself together. Then I need to get to bed at eight o'clock <laughs> so I can get up and start doing it again the next day." But that's not how it works for me. I can be up for twenty-four to thirty-six. And yes, it has gone as, le- as long as seventy-two hours without sleep, and um, it—I can tell you that it destroys you. The irritability, irritability that sets in is horrible. <laughs> it's hard to keep your—it's hard to keep your eyes open. It's hard to think straight, and you know, everyone from the therapist to the primary care doctor to the psychiatrist—I mean, everyone is stressing how important it is to get sleep. It ain't my fault though. There's so many things that go into why you will have about with insomnia, and I'm not by myself. Approximately, approximately 10% of the world experiences insomnia, and. A large, large, large percentage of, them, percentage of those are serious enough for medical attention. So this is not just, oh, I tossed and turned last night. Oh, I got home from the club too, <laughs> too late and I couldn't catch up on my sleep. No, this is really not sleeping for long periods of time and there, nothing works, you know, so you have to include a doctor at this point, because it's not good for you to, to stay up all those hours. Insomnia is a common sleep disorder, like I just said, 10% of the world experiences it. You may have trouble falling asleep, you may have trouble staying asleep, or just getting a good amount of rest, or a qu- good quality of rest, you know, because I have had times where I'll get five hours of sleep, but it's a straight five hours of sleep. And so that way, when I wake up, I'm not, you know, dancing on top of the fucking world or anything, but I have some energy and I feel better. But if you are chop, a choppy sleeper, that's why I call myself a choppy sleeper. You fall asleep, but you're up every hour. You fall asleep and then you're up 45 minutes later. That is not quality sleep. So. And it's not like, I mean, I have a comfortable bed. <laughs> I have comfortable pillows. I got enough pillows to smother the world, y'all. It, it has nothing to do with your environment. You can have the right temperature. You can have the right mattress. You can have the, the right sheets, the right pillows, all of that stuff. And in some cases, insomnia is still going to haunt you. And so it takes medical intervention, <laughs> to find out how to bat, you know, battle it because like I said, it can cause so many problems and then you get to, you don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg as with most things when it comes to mental illness but you don't know if depression is causing the insomnia or insomnia is causing the depression or anxiety is causing the depression so it's time to get help. Insomnia may also include you wake up too early, tiredness, daytime tiredness, daytime sleepiness. I can tell y'all, y'all want to hear a funny story? One time, and this is between having insomnia and having uh, a young child, (laughs) and I went to work and I had to have a one-on-one meeting with my manager, and he was so boring. I mean, (laughs) listening to him talk was so boring. That, yes, I was falling asleep right there at his desk. And it wasn't until he said, Donna, are you asleep? I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. But I had to say, listen, forgive me. Everybody knew that I had a young child at home. So, you know, he was lenient. (laughs) But, yes, I fell asleep right there at his desk. So (laughs) it interferes with your daytime activities. Um, It's hard to pay attention. It's hard to focus on tasks. Like I said, remembering, you know, and you know, once you get past 50, you swear that you can't remember shit anyway. So if you add insomnia to that, then everybody just thinks that, you know, you're going to hell in a (laughs) handbasket. So um, errors, accidents, you know, I, one of my um, symptoms is clumsiness. I drop everything because I'm not getting sleep and I'm taking all this medication. And then my, my hands shake. And so it's hard for me to hold on to things and balance things. So, you know, you have to, when when it gets to the point, and and I'm probably going to stress this all the time, but when it gets to the point where you think that it's going into the direction of this is too damn much and you need medical attention, start paying attention to how you're feeling. Like I always tell you guys, write down things that you notice about yourself that are not normal or that may be related to that because there's no there's nothing that you can't tell your doctor you know write down everything that you're experiencing because if it's not insomnia induced by depression it could be insomnia induced by something else and so it's important to keep track of your symptoms there are three types of insomnia transient insomnia is when it happens less for less than one month, you know, so that means that it's a little bit, it, of course, more common, you know, because people have things that are going on, just like I said, you know, ha- being pregnant, having a newborn, a uh, new job, you know, going away, um, you know, maybe there's a temporary problem going on in your life that is just causing the, the lack of sleep. So. That's transient for one month. Short-term insomnia is between one and six months. Now, this is when you tell somebody (laughs) that you're, you're not getting any sleep. This is when you should start taking notes and writing down. Write down how many days a week you're experiencing it. Start writing down how many hours, straight hours, that you're getting at one time. Write down. If you're not getting straight hours, say you're sleeping one hour and then waking up like I do, write that down also. Write down the time that you're going to bed. Write down the time that you fall asleep because <laughs> I'll tell you later on, but that's something that you're gonna get sick. If you have insomnia, you're gonna get sick of people asking you that. How long did it take to fall asleep? Chronic insomnia is more than six months and that's what I live with, chronic insomnia. and so. That's when, you know, not only do you bring somebody in, but you start bringing out the big guns <laughs> because they want you to go to sleep. And, you know, guys, I, sidebar, mental illness brings so many, so many, so many difficult challenges to your life and your body and your mind. I mean, I know people get tired of hearing me say it, but it just brings so many discomforts. To your life and there are so many things that well number one we don't talk about mental illness but number two we don't share the real shit that goes on when you have mental illness this is some real shit. and i can tell you that it it's it's another debilitating symptom of a mental illness not being able to sleep for days at a time months at a time so don't feel bad about starting to really, really paying attention to how you're feeling and what you're going through and writing it down. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. You must do what you have to do to take care of yourself. Insomnia can be classified as primary insomnia. And that means that insomnia is present with no coexisting disease. So, you know, like I said, it could be a change in your life. It could be change in age you know and you know that's just saying maybe you go from 30 to 35 things change hormonal change for women um different a different pattern of i don't know doing things you know say you go to sleep after (laughs) the late show you know for all your life but then you decide that you're going to go to sleep at 10 o'clock and forget the late show even that can, it's going to take you a while to adjust to, so you may have some sleep interference during that time. Comorbid insomnia is when insomnia exists with another medical or psychiatric condition, and so that's what I was saying, you know, it doesn't have to just be a change, and it doesn't have to be just a coexisting (laughs) disorder, but it could be both,
1: you know, and
0: so that means that say that you've never lived with bipolar disorder, but you started later on in life. That's a change. Um, And the bipolar disorder itself is the coexisting condition. And so that is cause for concern because now you have to get treatment for the bipolar disorder and you need to talk to someone about the insomnia. But that's what, um, when I say the chicken or the egg, (laughs) you know, did the insomnia come first or did the mental illness come first? And you just don't know. And insomnia, of course, can intensify anything. It, it can intensify a heart condition, you know, if you don't get the help that you need or if you don't start to do something about getting some quality sleep. The psychiatric condition is the same. It can intensify the insomnia or vice versa. The insomnia can intensify the mental illness, because you you can't be yourself, you can't be your whole self if you're not getting any sleep, if you're not getting any quality sleep. And so I'm going to take you, I'm going to try to stay in order of what happened with me. So I told you that I've always had sleep issues. I always I was always a vampire, (laughs) you know, and I still am. It doesn't matter how much sleep I get. I still function better after 4 o'clock. In the afternoon it does not matter what I do I'm a night owl and from what I'm told I have been like that since I was a baby so you know those patterns were not any cause for concern because that's just who I was um, and of course you can say that if you're functioning at between 4 and 1 or 4 and 12 then you're gonna you know be sleepy <laughs> the next day but I, I wasn't like that you know I was I did pretty well but as I got older um, and started gaining some weight after having my first child and gaining weight, and then you start to notice things that sort of go along with not sleeping, and snoring is one of them, um, snoring is, and snoring could be anything, snoring can be mean that you gain weight, snoring could be asthma, it could be bronchitis, uh, your tonsils, so many things that snoring can be, but insomnia paired with something that's interrupting your sleep the first thing that they will do is talk about sleep apnea what sleep apnea is it's a sleeping disorder that causes a person to stop breathing while they're asleep and so the sleep interruptions (laughs) can happen you know once or it can happen 50 times during a night and that's where it starts to affect your overall health I and, and once you go to the doctor, then they'll determine whether you have to have a sleep study. In the sleep study, you either, well, I know when I first started doing it, you had to go to a facility and you had to spend the night in a medical facility and they put all of these, um, you know, think chargers on your head to measure your sleep pattern. Um, you had to have um, things placed on your chest so they can measure how many times you, you know, stop breathing, and I want to say that the highest number that I've had is 60 to 70 times an hour, I think, I stopped breathing, I think that's what it was, the first time that I went for a sleep study. (laughs) Now you can, um, you can do it at home, and they will give you a device that you wear around your arm, I believe, and an electrode or something that you put on your chest and you just leave it on and it will measure it, it it's, it's connected once it's plugged in it's connected to one of those labs and they will that will they will keep track of your sleep during the night and the sleep apnea study so your airway is blocked and that's what stops you from breathing and so Of course, afterwards, they will determine whether your sleep apnea is bad enough for a CPAP machine, and that is a machine that gives you air or oxygen. (laughs) That's what I say, it just gives you oxygen during the night, cover your nose, and it helps you to breathe um, regularly throughout the night. Um, It's the bulkiest, most annoying shit ever, I'm going to tell you that right now, (laughs) but it is worth it you know it i do see when i wear mine regularly you do see the changes in how it can improve so that would be what they would do next after the sleep apnea you know depending on the whether that cures the problem whether it improves the problem after that if they start to determine that the sleep apnea I mean, the insomnia is caused by other outside forces, then we're gonna take it further. And so, of course, with me, it became the mental illness that was indeed um, making my insomnia worse, taking it to, and I'm not exaggerating, life-threatening levels. And that was with the sleep app, yeah, you know, um, the CPAP machine, I was still not sleeping and i'm still not sleeping <laughs> and so that's when you have to well, by this time i was in therapy regularly i had um once i had the breakdown you know it was when things started to get worse and worse and worse and i'm already on depression medication and anxiety medication and different things like that but none of it is helping the sleep and so It wasn't until I want to say about five years ago that they realized that I had PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, and that had graduated to complex PTSD, which is worse (laughs) than, I mean, PTSD is horrible. Complex PTSD is, whew, y'all, it ain't no fucking joke. But because of my PTSD and and the reaction to it and the different symptoms of my PTSD that was contributing to my not sleeping. And so, you know, with PTSD it's you're just like always heightened. You know, you're always on <laughs> you're always on guard, you know, depending on what type of trauma you were um, involved in. There could be different reasons why you're always in a heightened sense, but you're always on. You cannot let your guard down. You cannot close your eyes. You cannot, you know, you always have to be on your toes. You know, you know how they, um, when, when they take hunting dogs into the forest, I'm not saying that anybody's a dog, but, <laughs> you know, when they take hunting dogs into the forest and their their tails and their, their ears go up. When you have PTSD, you live like that. You're always living. You have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be aware of noises. And so um, people didn't realize that it was connected. And so no one ever said that to me, that that's why, (laughs) that's a a factor in your insomnia, that your PTSD is so severe that you don't go to sleep. And supposedly it's more common in women, of course, (laughs) you know, like what the hell else do we have? Just add it to the list, you know, but PTSD is supposed to be more severe and more common in women. And You know i don't know this is a sidebar because i just thought of it i don't know if you know how they say women are um, more in tune with other things uh they're more um, emotional i don't know if that's it i wonder but in any case there's a difference and women struggle with ptsd more and so my insomnia is increased by my complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And I I don't usually talk about this, so I'm gonna share this with you guys. I'll tell you one or two of the things that cause me not to sleep. I am always, and I mean 90% of the time on guard. So that means that I can lay down it's going to take me forever to fall asleep because I'm always looking, you know, if there's a shadow I'm looking, if there's a noise I'm looking. If you know, I got to constantly make sure that you know the doors are closed or there's nobody looking in the window. And guys, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I there are some traumas that I experienced that I can't recall. That it has been um, suppressed, but that doesn't stop me from having the symptoms of PTSD in regards to the hidden or blocked trauma, and that's one of the things. that's one of the things that I'm always on alert. And when I do fall asleep, I will fall asleep, but as soon as I hear a noise, I'm jumping. I'm up. I'm looking around. And let me tell you, <laughs> it could be something as small as you hear a bug on paper, and that has happened. I heard a bug crawling on a paper on my desk, and I woke up. It could be the um, cat outside my window, <laughs> you know, and I'm looking. The people, if you live in an apartment, the people overhead, the people next door, they make a noise. I'm up. And so, I will. It'll take me three hours to fall asleep. I will fall asleep. As soon as I hear a noise, I'm up. Even if I don't hear a noise, my body wakes up automatically every hour on the hour to look around and check my surroundings. <sighs> it's rough, y'all. It, it is. It is. It is. And there, when it first started happening or when I first started paying attention to it, I really felt like something was wrong with me. You know, I really felt like I was the only person that was living like this. But, you know, when they initially thought that PTSD just affected military personnel, they said that that's why it made sense, is because they would have to be on guard. They would always have to be aware. And so, just like... Military, the military personnel, that's how they react. That's how I react. And that's how millions of people react. Something, you know, we can talk about sexual abuse. Say someone is being sexually abused and at night is when the person approached them. So that means that even after the abuse has stopped, you're still listening for the footsteps. You're still listening for the creak on the floor. You're still listening for the the breathing because you're always gonna feel like somebody's approaching you and they're gonna do you harm. And so that's why I don't sleep because I'm always scared, always. And I could be laying in the bed. I could be laying in the recliner. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm always on guard. I I have trouble, I have so many problems sleeping elsewhere. If I'm in a hotel, I won't sleep. And if I do, it's the same pattern. I'm up every hour, tossing and turning. Um, It's horrible. If I spend the night at someone's house, I don't sleep at all because I'm in a strange place. (laughs) And it doesn't matter. You know, my brother laughed one time because I was at his house, and this is where I've been. I'm always there, but it doesn't matter. I'm up all night because, to my spidey senses, <laughs> I'm in unfamiliar territory. I'm in unfamiliar, unfamiliar surroundings. So that means that if something happens, I don't know what to do to protect myself. And so this is how someone that has insomnia triggered by PTSD that's how we live and it's it's a rough way to live um but it helps to be diagnosed it helps to know what is going on with your body because you know you might just think that it might be that you're getting older <laughs> you know when you're older you got to go to the bathroom more Um, when you're older, you go to sleep earlier. So, you know, you get up in the middle of the night. Um, but, but it's not just age related in all cases. In some cases, it may be something as severe as your trauma. And those are things that you need to take note of also. I'm not saying you have to relive, you know, well, if you have PTSD, you are reliving your trauma over and over and over again. But I'm talking about, you know, if you just started, Having insomnia, then that's something that you need to keep track of and and think about it. You know, really sit down and give it some thought and say, "Hmm, I wonder." Blah blah blah. It it could be genetic. You know, like a hereditary. You know, like did did your parents have a certain sleep pattern? You know, like I know my grandparents. Of course, they woke up at five o'clock in the morning. They took a nap at twelve, and. You know, went to sleep after the, the evening news or stuff like that. Like that's their pattern, and you could have got it got it from them. That pattern from them. You know, it's not an off pattern. It's just the way they lived. But you could have adopted that. Um, mm-hmm. Your parents could have a sleep schedule. You know, when you're younger, your parents de- determine your sleep schedule. Then when you start going to school, that really fucks up everything because you know sometimes you could be up late at night doing homework. Blah 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 blah. So, you know, take all of those things into account and I'm, I guarantee you that, that you shouldn't feel bad because it's a sign that there's something more out there that's stopping you from sleeping. And so write it down, write it down, write it down because you're going to want to have a talk with your doctor and go to your primary care you want to start having that discussion with them. And just like with the sleep apnea, you know, get the sleep study and then determine whether it's sleep apnea and then you might need a CPAP machine. You might need to change the way you lay in bed. You might have to take a medication that'll help you breathe regularly throughout the night. It may be asthma or sinus problems. I had that my I know when they first started trying to treat me i had to have my tonsils taken out and that was at 31 years old 32 years old that i had my tonsils taken out but it had been going on for so long that they believed that that was part of the problem and it did help it actually did help i didn't have to you know use a seat machine until much much later and unfortunately i had gained more pounds <laughs> and so it had started getting into the danger zone so write it down write it down write it down talk to your doctor There are several treatments that you can, you know, you can go through, you know, if you, if you're going to, if you go to a therapist, because you determine that that's part of why you can't sleep. There's behavioral therapy, which shows you how to change your thinking and change your behaviors and as reactions to other things. And so, you know, you could, and this is just an example, they call it stinking thinking. So if you're always saying, oh, I'm a loser, oh, I'm a loser, then change your thinking to, I did well today, I did such and such today, and that's good, and I'm proud of myself. You know me, (laughs) you know, the CBTs and the DBTs, though I have a a horrible relationship with those therapies, but that is one of the things, light therapy, Um, you can have a light box light device that mimics daytime light and i share this on my instagram page and i believe i wrote a blog about it because i have a small one that i keep like at my desk but it sort of regulates your your system you know so if you have the daytime light on even if it's light outside it may not be light in the room that you're in or you could have it at desk and so that keeps you up makes you more aware, and so that could help regulate your sleep pattern later on. Self-care, like I said, change your sleep habits. You know, they say turn off the TV, turn off all the lights, throw your phone away, <laughs> you know, do all of those things. But here's a, another thing. I can't, I'm, I can't sleep in the dark. I cannot be in complete dark. I, it, it terrifies me, so my TV has to stay on. Even if I fall asleep, my TV has to stay on and don't let it, don't let it go off. I'm up right away because I guess (laughs) I'm not in full REM sleep and the light pattern changes and I see that my TV is off and I wake up instantly. (sighs) But that's how, you know, that's part of what they say could keep your change it, make your sleep habits bad, keeping the TV on, having the light from your phone on. Even some of the, the alarm clocks, you know, that have the the bright numbers, they say that that bothers you. So you can change that. Get a new mattress. Get a new pillow. Um, I know sometimes some of us get overheated. You know, get a cooling blanket. Um, get a weighted blanket to help control, you know, your body reaction, your body temperature. That does help the weighted blanket does relax me, but it doesn't help with my sleep. But I know a lot of people that ended up getting a weighted blanket, and it helped them. Medication, of course, is, that's the third thing. You know, it's, I don't want to say it's inevitable, but when it gets to drastic proportions, of course, medication is going to come into play. Some people live For Tylenol PM, (laughs) you know, whatever PM you need, it used to help. It doesn't help me anymore. No less that because of all my medications, I cannot take one of the PM drugs and be safe. So, but that may start out. You know, you may have a migraine. That's why you're not sleeping. Or you may have a headache and you're not sleeping and the PM may help. That's what some people do. Um, If you're going at this point to the doctor, the doctor will tell you about different medications sedatives is what they're called that will help you um i never name medications (laughs) on here but there are several um sedatives that will they'll knock you out um but it's not it doesn't help with the quality of sleep i will say that's my experience it doesn't it'll knock you out for a couple of hours but You'll still wake up and you won't feel rested. You won't feel rejuvenated. And so, guys, I share all of these things because we all are struggling in some area, some way, some form, some fashion. And I figure if I share what I'm going through, then that might help someone else. And so, like I said, keep track of what you're going through keep track of your symptoms listen even if you have a newborn baby (laughs) you know that's not a reason for you to not get any quality sleep you know because you put the baby down for a couple of hours right I couldn't sleep even when I did that you know so pay attention to your surroundings pay attention to how you're feeling pay attention to what people say to you you know, if you're a partner, if you have a partner and you share a bed, ask them, you know, to give you some feedback about your sleep. Um, Lord knows I used to get my share of mine <laughs> to the point where sometimes I got kicked out. But um, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> but ask them for feedback, you know, pay attention to how you act when you go on a trip, you know, or even if you spend the night somewhere. Pay attention to how you function in your different surroundings, write it down, keep track of it. Because the only way that you're going to keep on top of what's wrong with you is by writing it down, keep it in your phone and talking to your primary care doctor. So pay attention to your lifestyle, pay attention to physical pain, ladies, I'm going to tell you pregnancy (laughs) and beyond. Yes, your sleep is going to decrease. It's supposed to get better. I haven't seen it yet. My girls are old. But, <laughs> but um, pregnancy does interfere. Um, age, like I said, age can come into play. Because, you know, you get older, you don't sleep as much. You may be taking a medication at this point. You may have to go to the bathroom 25 times a night. Doesn't, all of those things. Neurological disorders, you know, come into play. You know, do you have, like a um, muscle disorder or do you have lupus do you have you know you get all of these things tested so that when the doctor comes back with your test results you have some input so guys that's my where the fuck is my sleep at (coughs) episode i hope that this helps i hope that (laughs) listening to my crazy ass tell all my stories helps you to recognize whether or not you have a um A disorder that is severe enough for you to get some help. Um, Whatever you decide to do, make sure that it's safe. You know, don't go taking sleep pills and sleep medications and PM medications. If you're already on medication, you got to check to make sure it doesn't interfere because we just want you to go to sleep. (laughs) We don't want nothing else. You just want to get some sleep. Do not hurt yourself unnecessarily trying to get some quality sleep. I thank you guys, of course, for listening to another episode, and I thank you all for your support. Actually, I've been getting a lot of feedback, and I am grateful. I love feedback, good, bad, and different, because it helps me to adjust my style and to do more to get the help to you. So if there's something that you'd like to hear me talk about, if there's something that you'd like me to go over or even rebroadcast. You know, I can do that too, rebroadcast something if you know if it's an issue that you want to hear more about. I can do that too. Go to my website www.divawithdepression.com Of course, you can message me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of those um, platforms. I am here to help you. Helping you helps me, believe it or not. And so Make sure that you try to take care of yourself. Try to get some help if you're not feeling your best. And go forward. You know, I want you guys to find some peace in your life, even if it's just for a couple of hours when you're sleeping at night. Find some peace. Thank you. Listen, like, share. Talk about it with your people. Talk about it with people that you love and that you're concerned about. Just pass it along because you may save a life. Take care, guys.